3: On this episode of Missing the Point, we're joined once again by mixed martial arts fighter Hillary Rose as we preview UFC 257 Pormier vs. McGregor 2. First, we'll discuss Hillary's recent fight on ESPN Plus's Dana White's Contender Series and what she's improved upon since the bout. We discuss the recent decision by the UFC to remove marijuana from their list of banned substances and how this can benefit the MMA community. And finally, this
0: is the main event of the evening
3: as we look forward to Conor McGregor's return to the Octagon as he takes on Dustin Parmier for the second time. But first, some housekeeping. Missing the Point is a one-hour podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript from today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, www.mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate the show and leave a review for a chance to win a free Missing the Point t-shirt. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is Missing the Point, episode 33. But it's all relative.
1: Welcome to Missing the Point. I am your host, Mike Marcangelo, joined alongside by DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, and today we are talking all things MMA, UFC, and Conor McGregor, and because of that, we have a very special guest to help us along the way. You may remember her from our very first episode of Armchairs Ask Athletes. She is by far the biggest badass to come across your airwaves, the one, the only, Hillary Rose, Hillary. It's been over 100 hours of content and a name change since we last spoke. But how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm excited to be back to talk with you guys. I had so much fun last time.
1: Yeah, we're, we're. I mean, we're super excited to have you back. We want to talk a little bit about you, your fight, and then, then obviously, uh, you know, the, Dave has a little shamrock in his shorts over the fight happening next Saturday, uh, the Conor McGregor fight. So let's start with. with what's happening with you uh last time we we talked to you was before your your big fight on uh dana Dana White's a contender talk about the fight and what did you learn
2: okay so the fight was awesome i mean i had a great time i mean it's inevitable somebody has to win somebody has to lose and you know that girl came to fight uh i mean i make no excuses you know you go in there and you have expectations for yourself and then you it either goes your way or it goes their way and that girl was really, really good at taking away the things that I was good at, like, you know, being on against the cage and throwing elbows and wanting to throw certain things. She was really good at taking away all of the things I was good at. So, you know, hats off to her. And, you know, the experience was so much fun. Like I learned so much about myself as a fighter and, you know, experience and, you know, things that I needed to work on. You know, that's definitely my hardest fight that I had had in my career. And I think that at that point in my career is kind of really what I needed. And, um, it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I needed to work on. And yeah, I mean, I was disappointed and I've been disappointed, but I mean, you just learn and I can't wait to fight again. And, you know, I think that opportunity will just show up eventually. It's just not right now. So I, at this point, I don't think I want to force anything. I'd rather just let it take its course. And when I end up there, if it's, Three fights from now, one fight from now, or ten fights from now, um, I think it's inevitable.
0: (laughs) It's tough to it's tough to learn anything from wins, right? Like it's like if you just if you beat if you beat fifty people in a row, you're not gonna think you have anything to improve on or change.
2: Exactly. Your ego is yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Right. And it's like and you see it all the time. You see it all the time in the fight game where it's just like, oh, like there's somebody for everybody. There's somebody that can beat everybody. And it's like if you say she could win in and cut off the things, like matchup wise, cut off the things that you're good at you gotta you know then you'll you'll know that you're just gonna if you fight her again it's like well i'm i'm good at five more things now so can you cut those off
2: yeah 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 yeah. i'm better at these things and you know a lot of what i noticed was i was smaller than her so since i fought um like i weighed in they weigh you before the fight like you the next day so after you weigh in the next day before you head to the uh, event they weigh you and i was like 122 pounds and you could see like on the list what she was. And she was like eight pounds heavier than me. She was like 129.
0: She looked enormous on the night. Like... Huge
2: legs. And the thing is it weigh in. She looked small, like smaller than me. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of long. Like I can feel it. And the thing is, I never felt like hurt by her. She was just one second ahead of me the entire fight. And, you know, that's, you know, I, I never felt down and out. I just felt like literally one step behind. Like she hit me and I should be reacting. Instead, I'm like, I got to hit her. now. So it was good. It was fun. <laughs>
1: So you you talked about like learning a lot from from that fight. I guess like looking back at it, what were some of the things that you think you did really well that you can build upon?
2: I think um, in no fight have I like sat in the pocket and threw strikes. Like I usually like to fight on the outside and like use my legs and then, you know, get a grappling position. And I seem to end up on the ground. So I had never in a fight like threw my hands like that. So, I mean, it was good to get in there and have, I think I never believed in my strikes enough to like want to go and just like throw my hands, but she forced me to do that. So forcing me, you know, I had to react and punch and, you know, I think that was the biggest thing. I landed a lot of really great strikes. And, um, even though she may have landed a few more than me, like I landed a lot of good ones. So and it was just not having no fear. Like I wasn't afraid going in, like we're building up to it. I was so anxious. So anxious. This is a huge deal. What am I going to do? I'm going to, you know, am I prepared to go? Um, like the fear just went out. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to have to just throw my hands and go. And, and that's what I did. So I think that's what I'm proud of the most is just going in there and being confident in, you know, my strikes, even though I may have been one second behind.
0: I think, I think her game plan was obviously to go in there and be big and like lean on you against the cage the entire time, which is obviously I've never experienced it. I don't plan on experiencing it, but it seems, uh, very energy sapping when somebody's that big and just like leaning on you. So to see you kind of break off and be in the pocket and hit her a few times was awesome. And I think you saw her notice it too and put yeah. you back on the cage as quick as she could, because it was like, okay, stick to the game plan. Don't want to get hit like that again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's good to take those positives. Cause it's like, you made her, you reminded her with a smack in the face to, stay, to stick to her game plan. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's a good for thing. Sure.
2: And her game plan was smart. Like, I mean, she watched my fight. She saw, you know, the things that I like to do and she knew, you know, I like to throw elbows. I like to clinch, like to do these things. So, you know, hats off to her team and, you know, those people for, you know, game planning. Right. And I mean, I think that she'll do really well in the FC. I mean, she's very likable. She, you know, she was yelling at me the entire I don't time. like her. She was yelling at me the whole time. But the thing is everybody liked her from the start. And like, you could, you kind of could pick up that vibe and like, that's fine. That doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, it's, she's likable because she's very like boisterous and loud. And like when she's around, you know that she's there. So like, for me, I'm like, what's up everybody. I'm super excited to be here. Like this is going to be so fun. Um, but she's very like loud and in your face and like, you know, that's, they, they love that kind of person. And I get that. And, you know, that's something that I'm going to have to like, learn to be more vocal as, you know, on social media and things like that. Like she is, but you know, she had her, she had a story like her and her husband were both competing. So I think that they kind of had this story and, you know, she was built up, you know, with this momentum because her and her husband were both competing together. So, you know. She fights soon. She has her first MMA uh, UFC fight coming March, up against right? a tough chick. Yeah, Girl, she's yeah. fighting really tough. You know, and it'll be a good fight. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. So uh, a fan fight for me.
0: Plus more game <laughs> tape on her.
2: Exactly. To see her again down the
0: line. Exactly.
2: You know? <laughs> That's 100% it. <laughs> you,
1: you mentioned that, you know, that she, that her camp kind of trained her pretty well. Right. So I guess I'd be interested to to hear, like, how have, how are you training differently post fight than you were? pre that fight? Because a lot of things change, I would imagine, after a fight of that magnitude.
2: For sure. So my biggest thing after the fight was gaining four to five pounds of muscle. So I've been spending a lot of time, obviously, like in the regular gym and, you know, doing pads and doing jujitsu and things like that. But I've been spending most of my time building strength. So uh, three times a week, I go to Chelmsford and I work with a strength coach. And, you know, since the fight, I've probably put on four to five pounds of muscle. So I think it was building i needed to work on being stronger because i have all the technique and the ability to do it but the girls that i'm fighting are bigger than me like right now i'm probably you know 130 and a lot of that like is muscle a lot of those girls walk around like maybe 135 137 um so they carry a little more weight than me um so my biggest thing was putting on a little weight and gaining muscle and you know working on my strength most importantly so being more explosive and you know, strength. And then obviously I still do the pad work and the grappling and those things. And then when it comes to fight camp time, we'll really, you know, chime in on the kind of person I'm fighting. But yeah, most important thing was gaining strength.
0: It's like your, your frame is, is never going to be walking around at, at 140, but you could, you're saying you could add strength and maybe surprise some people if they come in bigger than you and you go like, well, I still I have strength. You might not be able to see where I'm putting it, but it's here, you know, and they'll they'll feel it right away. Plus you got a dog, 100%. which is like a huge, it's obviously a huge emotional upside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, it's it's like an emotional support animal. So you're doing the brain and the body. It works perfectly. That's
2: right. <laughs> it's good. I mean, I needed to build strength. Like that was something that even if you watch the fight over again, like the commentators are saying like, Hillary has all the ability, but she's just smaller and she's not as strong as Cheyenne. Like, and that was definitely true. Like I definitely lacked strength. And I think that's what a lot of people saw. Um, and so that was my biggest focus is, you know, build strength, focus on that. So now I go three times a week, I'm dedicated to it. And, you know, even during fight camp, like I was going there during fight camp, but now we were really focusing on, you know, specific things, not so much like cardio based and like having a good, you know, energy to keep going during the fight now just strength stuff
1: so you know we, we were talking about like leading up to that fight when we when we spoke to you before you like what what really stuck out in my mind was you really just enjoyed being in there like yeah. we walked away from the interview and I, and I said to Dave I'm like she is so cool like she's not out to hurt anybody she's no. she's not like intrinsically a a malicious person she no. just wants to be in there and compete yeah so with, with this being probably the biggest fight of your career, right? How long did it take for that switch to go from, like, oh, oh God, this is for UFC, this is on ESPN uh, ESPN Plus, to, you know what, I actually love being in here.
2: Um, I think, like, I knew, obviously, I love being in there, but when you get to Vegas, and it becomes real, and you're, you know, you start getting your tags, and you're getting tested for COVID, and you have to be here, it becomes and the thing is, my coach feels bad about it also because everything was limited because of covid so like i couldn't go there were tons of ufc fighters at the hotel i was at but you can't see anybody you can't talk to anybody you can't socialize with anybody you can't immerse
0: yourself in the environment like like maybe i want to pick
2: somebody's brain who like has been in the ufc for years so like i was so limited that i didn't get the full experience but it was so much where like i got so much alone time with my coaches that i hadn't had like one-on-one time with them that it made me realize how much I really love the sport and like they, the, how much they believe in me kind of like reminded me again, like I'm here to do this and like, regardless of ability and skill and everything, like I'm here because I've earned this opportunity. So I think being there and being with them and like, you know, usually before fights, you see all your teammates and you stop in the gym and you say, Hey, what's up? And now you're, you know, isolated with, you know, the people that, you know, have been with you for years. So it was, it kind of like reboosted my energy. And like, I was really excited to fight regardless of how nervous I was to fight.
0: What's well, a great dry run when the opportunity comes around again, like all the yeah. pageantry and stuff, you've experienced it now. All the, the bright lights of the UFC, you've experienced it now. Like all the, oh, I remember this from the last time, like not phased by it as much, as much as you might not in your conscious brain feel like you are. There's probably a part of your brain going like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Like, and that's not going to happen. The second time, because you're like, all right, whatever. I've done all this before. Yeah, exactly. And I I haven't fought
2: in a while. So like it had been like a little over a year. So it was like, all right, so I haven't fought in a while. So this is going to be new again. Am I going to have like... And I think that was a lot of the reason in my fight, my reaction time wasn't as good. Because I hadn't been in there in a while. That it was like, I had to re-get comfortable in there to kind of like go and move. So because it was so long, it was, you know, the anticipation, I was excited. But I was still like just one step behind.
1: So... I kind of want to uh, transition now to talk about some things that are happening in the UFC before we get to Connor. So Dave, you can just pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> um, within the last uh, day or so, UFC removed marijuana from its list of banned substances for drug tests. I'd love to get your your take on that. Like, how, What do you think of, of that move and will this help athletes in this sport moving forward?
2: I think that it's a fantastic move because there's so many people I know, like even including myself, like two three weeks before the fight you have to stop smoking weed and so because they test you I mean they think like it's a perform enhancing drug and like anyone who smokes weed knows you're really not if anything you're paranoid probably walk into the thing like oh shit I'm <laughs> kind of stoned and but like there's a lot of people who train and at the end of the day like my body's running 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 because I've been exercising so much and I can't relax because of all of the things I've been doing. And I can only imagine if that's happening to me, to other people. So I smoke a little weed to relax, you know, to calm myself down, my brain, my everything. And so I think that it's a, a huge deal because more than, I think when I was out there, cause I asked, you know, what, what's the deal with the weed situation, obviously with USADA, I didn't have to go through USADA cause it was like a contender series, but usually yes. USADA. Um, and they said that more than like 60% of the UFC smoked weed. So, I mean, you think, I don't think people are going to be getting stoned and going to fight, but then, you know, so I think that it's a a good thing, thank goodness, because they're suspending people for years for having marijuana in their system. So, and then you see like, what's his name as cocaine and he's, you know, still chilling.
0: (laughs) You shouldn't be, your career definitely shouldn't be affected by like smoking weed, you know, like there's the career of a fighter so short that like, if you take any, any time like that
2: benefiting fighters i was even seeing recently dana white was talking about psilocybin and like mushrooms and like them running tests like i'm sure at the pi on like people like eating mushrooms and working with cte and all that stuff and i mean it makes sense
0: i mean if it works do it and also i mean the only thing my only criticism of this rule personally is that they didn't just immediately call it the nate diaz rule Cause like, I just think that would But they used draining. his
2: picture, which was the best part. <laughs> right, of
0: course they did. <laughs> but also you say like, I don't think people are walking to fight stone. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Nate might've sparked one right before he walked out.
2: <laughs> there was one when he like had a bunch in his system. So, but like, even when I would cut weight sometimes, like you're in a bathtub. And like, sometimes you get out and you have to be covered. And if you smoke a little weed, you feel all right. Like you're just relaxed. You don't think about like my heart's beating out of my chest, my fingers are tingling. Like you, you go through these phases of your body where like, if you smoke, you relax, you kind of chill and you're like, okay, I can lay down and fall asleep a little bit.
0: And there's recovery elements too, right? Like there's like body recovery elements, which is just fine. That's just the same thing as taking any other supplement really.
2: And now they mix weed with CBD. So you get like a little bit of both sometimes. So I think if anything, it's benefits. And if you don't want to smoke weed, don't smoke
1: weed. Is it is this a step? Do you think to try and eliminate like the use of like painkillers by fighters in, in UFC? Because I know like in, in pro wrestling, right, they have a huge problem, always did with with painkillers and uh, and they have drug tested for weed. So now, like UFC is saying that we're going to remove that. I think for, just as a fan, it's like okay, guys, like no more somas, no more pills, like just just smoke your just just smoke the weed. Yeah,
2: I think that 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 could definitely happen. And I mean, it is, it's always an issue, you know, a lot of, you know, fighters, you know, tear their knee, they have to get surgery after they go through all these injuries, you know, their body takes so much impact and harm over time, you know, then you get surgery, or you're taking Percocet, you're taking this or that, then you're, you know, yeah, I 100% think it, it'll be a good thing.
1: The the reason why I asked that is because uh, Spencer Fisher had an article this week, uh, he was talking with MMAfighting.com uh, about his traumatic brain injury from fighting, how it how it affected his life, Opening up to the damage that fighters take, so it looks like it it, it kind of sent shockwaves through the entire fight, fighter community. So I guess I guess my question would be, how better would his life or career have been, right? Had he not been forced to take or you know thirty? I think he took thirty pills a day because he was in so much pain.
2: Wow, yeah, way beneficial. I mean, imagine what that does to your body taking thirty pills a day. I mean, you you're consuming so much that's you know like it's chemistry like they're mixing things and putting shit all together i mean i can't even imagine taking 30 because i don't even like taking like eight vitamins you know let alone and that's good for my body let alone putting a bunch of things inside i think yeah i didn't know 30 pills a day i'll have to read that article
1: yeah so I, and and one of the focal points of the article was obviously about cte and traumatic brain injury and just how it has really impacted his life not only his fighting career that he had to cut short but also, <clears throat> like who you are as a person, it changes you. So one of the, his talking points in the article was that um, he remembers the first time that he was knocked out, right? And that was probably the, the, the start of the end of for his career. And he, and he was talking about the fact that the minute you get into the octagon, and you start worrying about the damage that is being done to you, it's it's over. So I guess, you know, just a natural question for me would, have you ever thought about that? Like, while, while in there?
2: Um, I've never thought about, you know, being injured sometimes after though, like once you're beat up and like, you feel your head and you have like lumps and like random, lumps. sometimes you don't know, like chaos movement, like, and you feel lumps and you're like, Ooh, like my, my dome, like my brain, what's important to me. It's here. It's getting rocked around. And like, I think a lot of what is starting to slow down is that the, what the training used to be. And I mean, even so now, like people train to hurt each other. And it's like, you want, for me, it's like, I want to train smart so that when I go and I fight on fight night, I know that I'm as mentally, you know, prepped in there as possible instead of, you know, beating the shit out of each other in practice. Cause there's, you know, benefits to that, but there's really no benefit to that. I mean, you got to see openings and be aware. It's, I think that that's probably part of it too. Like bad training sessions like teammates that are going way too hard and you know then if a teammate's going way too hard you don't want to be the person who's saying don't be going so hard you know it's yeah it's
0: because you're still in a fight in there so you're just and your your natural yeah. competition is going to come out but yeah I've ego that someone t-
2: hits you hard you want to hit sure, them hard back
0: sure you're not going to be able to like not react to that but yeah i think i mean even max holly was talking this week about um he doesn't spar at all anymore which and by the didn't way spar-
2: He's fighting Calvin Cater, who's a Boston guy.
0: Boston guy, and yeah. We're going so to talk about that.
2: so we're going to talk about <laughs> that?
0: <laughs> it's it's on the docket. No worries. <laughs> um, but the uh, but the uh, the like, I just it was interested in what he was saying because he he didn't spar at all prior to the Volkanovski two fight, which I think yeah. he won, even though he didn't win it on the card. It was
2: yeah, it was a a crazy fight.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. And I let, you know, it was a great fight. And for him to not spar at all in the lead up to that was so surprising to hear from me. And it's like, if you're Max Holloway, unless you have people, and I'm sure this is true of you as well. Unless you have people you trust that you're, that you're sparring with, rolling with, like doing training with, if you get some rando in there, that's like, whoa, I get to spar with Max Holloway today. There's a good chance. He's going to be like, let me go knock out Max Holloway. That's a feather in my cap.
2: Yeah. That happens all the time because people have egos. They want to see what they can do to compete against you know high level that happens with even just jujitsu like black belts grappling like you get a black belt and people you know the white belt wants to go with the black belt and see how well they can do with them and you know they want to try to kill them because they're just like what can i do can i get a better position can i pick up on this it's yeah
0: not not very well would be my prediction usually
2: yeah. <laughs> no, usually the black belt will play with them a little bit and then
0: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think there's an, another sport or martial art than jiu-jitsu where the disparity in skill level is so immediately obvious like you know yeah. when, you're, when you're standing up with somebody it's like oh they're kind of walking around each other if, if you're wrestling it's like that guy looks a little stronger i feel like a black belt in jujitsu jitsu can like end the jiu-jitsu session so much more quickly and efficiently than like any other aspect of mma would you say that's true
2: Yeah, definitely I mean it's all the thing about jujitsu is it's awareness of the body so when you can feel body to body when you're striking right I mean there's distance there so when you feel body to body you know you know control and movement and I mean definitely like even my coach but my coach has been saying lately like he's been grappling that he has the hardest rounds he's a black belt with purple belts right now like it's not even the brown belts it's like people in the middle he has the hardest rounds with right now so it's it's funny how like you get from white belts You know, you're scrappy and you're moving all over the place. And then you go to your blue belt and it's whether you choose to stay or leave. And then you kind of get better, get better. And then that purple belt's like that. Oh, I'm almost there midway.
0: Sweet spot. Yeah, Yeah. right. So
1: knowing, like, I just think to myself, like walking into an octagon, right, which I'll never do. I promise I'll never embarrass myself that way. But you have to be (laughs) so knowledgeable about everything that can happen in there, about the skill sets, the moves that can come, you know, be coming at you. How dangerous How dangerous do you think it is to step in the octagon if your head is just thinking, in the back of your mind, you're just thinking, I, re- I just really hope I don't get hit. Like, I hope I don't no, get hit. No, yeah,
2: you shouldn't fight if that happens, yeah. definitely. And if you're thinking it that night, I mean, you're probably thinking it ahead of the fight. So if you're going and thinking that way, like, I mean, obviously anxiety and nerves pop in. Like, I say to my coach all the time, you think I'm ready? You think it's going to be okay? Am I going to win this fight? And they're like, yeah, of course. But then I'm like, I don't, I don't want to fight tonight. I'm like, all right, let's go home. And I'm like, no. Like, I obviously want to fight tonight, but I'm just, my nerves are kicking. But yeah, if you're throughout camp and you're constantly having that in your mind, yeah, you definitely shouldn't fight that night. And you're going to hopefully, like your coaches are going to pick up on that and like, get that vibe. Because I think that that's really important. The vibe that you have with your coaches, you know, they'll pick up on if you're feeling ready to fight or if something's wrong. I think with a camp, you know, so many emotions and so much time and effort and discipline go into it, that they'll pick up on like. Things like that.
0: It's part of their job to protect you from yourself too. Definitely.
2: Because I actually had that conversation with my coach the other day. Because I'm crazy. I like overthink everything. And I'm like, do you think because I'm not seeing the openings, it's because they get hit in the head too much and like now I'm not thinking about it? He's like, No. He's like, if I thought you were getting hit in the head too much and you had like CTE, I'd sit you down and tell you, no, I don't think you should fight anymore. And I was like, all right. All right. Okay, I understand. He's like, I I you have lots of time until that happens.
0: <laughs> There's guys at the top that I like I don't understand how their coaches still let them go in there. The amount of times yeah. I've seen Alistair Overeem, um, I make the joke when I watch the cards to whoever's yeah. watching with me. I'm like, it's hard. if you get sent to, if you get sent to the Shadow Realm, you go to a bar and Alistair Overeem is there, like, polishing a glass, asking you what you want to drink. Because, <laughs> like, that guy has been sent there so many fucking times. I've seen him get knocked out to the point where I'm like, please, so- just stop punching him in the face.
2: Even uh, Diego Sanchez, another yeah. one. Yeah. Shouldn't be fighting anymore.
0: No. I mean, he he took that elbow from Matt Brown, and I, I think that should have been it. I think you ever get knocked out like that, I don't think you're ever coming back the same, you know? And it's like...
2: And you see some of them, and it's sometimes hard to watch. Like, you know that they're fighting that night, and I'm like, uh... Usually I'd be pumped to watch, but I don't want to.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like the last time Tito Ortiz fought Chuck Liddell. I watched it and I was like, I'm worse for watching that. I don't think, I don't think I should have watched that. I don't think anyone should have watched that.
2: No, I agree. I know it's yeah.
0: How hard
1: is it to do? Like, you know, as someone that, that's in the camp, right? Cause I think as a fighter, you, you can get like, you know, what getting up for a fight feels like, right? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you can kind of, fake it until you make it and you rely on the on the training that you're going through to get you there right so yeah. how hard do you think it is for people in your camp or people that you trust to say like listen you know hillary i just don't think you're you're just not into this one like maybe we should set it out
2: Ah, uh, super hard but i think that you trust them enough to know because i i mean that's personally never happened to me but it's even like you see some fights Like where, you know, they're getting really beat up in the fight and then the corner has to like wave the white flag, like, you know, that type of thing. I think that that is takes every there's so many moments when that probably should have happened and then didn't happen. Um, But like the coaches that do that takes everything in them in order to do that, because you know that the fighter probably doesn't want to stop, but you see the damage that's happening and they're just not aware of it at the time. So I think that it's probably such a hard thing to do, but you trust them. So, you know, all right, if you think that it's not, you know, the time for me to fight or that I'm done, then all right, I guess I'm done. But people, the thing about that that happens is people don't believe you or they get angry at you and then they leave the gym and they go to another gym and then they just fight, you know, with another, you know, person, another coach.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's like, if, if I'm thinking about, uh, about Spencer Fisher, right. If, if I'm him and my coach says, listen, you know, dude, I don't think, I don't think you're into this. I'd say like, you don't, I know me better than you know me. So like, I guess at what point, I I, I don't know if maybe even you can answer this question, but at what point do you say like, they're right. They know, they know what's best for me more than I do.
2: I think you would have to believe them in that moment. You know, like at least from a personal level, I've been with, my coaches since I was 14. So if they, you know, sat me down and they said that, I I think I'd trust them. Like, I think I'd be heartbroken, of course, but I'd have to just choose a career in, you know, coaching, you know, and still, you know, put myself in that, you know, obviously martial arts, because that's what I am and who I am. So I couldn't go like, you know, get an office job. I'd have to just stay in the martial arts or open a gym or invest my time that I did in fighting into, you know, helping other fighters, I guess.
0: It's got to be the hardest part of their job doing stuff like no
2: that. No doubt. And we've had like, I've had someone at my gym where we've said you shouldn't fight.
0: That can't be fun. That can't be fun for them to say or for them to hear. And it's like, you talk about throwing in the towel in a fight. You know, there's so much debate about that when it happens. So much, And it's in it's it's short like,
2: periods of time that you have to yeah. choose.
0: But those coaches, they were there for all that work. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they're yeah, as they invested know. in some ways as the fighter. They're like, dude, we, this is what I've been doing for the past, like sometimes years of my life with this kid or this guy or, or this girl or whatever. So it's just as hard for them to, to throw in the towel too. Cause it's like, damn dude, like, I don't, I really want to see him pull this out. You know? Yeah, exactly. So
2: Heck, they're just as invested. They have to be just as invested as you are. I mean, if they aren't, then, you know, your coat, you got to second guess coaches you know
0: trust trust is, is paramount it's key
2: and you see a lot of people i think i had this conversation with you last time is like people gym bounce or they think like i need to be at a gym with a big name because there's lots of fighters there where you know you're just kind of another fish in a fishbowl but like here i have a personal relationship with my coaches you know and you know i get so much one-on-one time because there isn't you know 15 other fighters fighting for the same time or for the same coach so like but like, don't you want to train? And like, you'll get more fun, like training with other people. I don't think I need like high end people in order to, you know, get to the top. I think that if I train right and I do the right work and discipline that I can, you know, get there and I don't need, you know, the best in the world to get me there.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I know we're going to talk a lot about Conor McGregor, but just to bring that back to Conor McGregor, because like he's mainly at the forefront of my brain right now. I mean, he <laughs> he, he came up beating up, uh beating up plumbers and, and rugby players in Ireland for the first, I don't know, like. 15 years of his career you know so it's like they can fly guys in from serbia or some shit now but like he had to be just beat up guys like on his street
2: same with example dustin poirier he was in fight world did you ever see that documentary great uh not fight world fight bill no fight bill yeah
0: yeah i I remember the the one he was in and it was and he was so young yeah
2: so young and he came from nothing basically same thing at the gym lived a tough life same sort of thing so it's cool that they're fighting each other again and it's been so long. I'm pumped about it too.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Dave, I feel like we, we've we kept you waiting long enough to yes. talk about Connor. So <laughs> Hillary, get ready for this because this is going to be a wild ride with DK talking <laughs> about Connor. Saturday, uh, January 23rd, we have the notorious Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in, a, in yes. a rematch of six years ago.
2: I know, I can't believe that.
1: My question to you to open it up, based on what you've seen so far, what Conor McGregor is walking into the octagon on Saturday.
2: I I can imagine that the best version of Conor McGregor is probably walking into the cage on Saturday. And the thing is I love Conor McGregor and I love Dustin Poirier, Poirier, whatever they call him. Um, I also love him. Like, so the thing is, I feel like I favor Conor McGregor because he's just a more popular, like likable person. Or it, It's not even that he's likable. He's just sellable to, you know, his crazy talk and all this shit. And I think, You know, same with Dustin, you know, Dustin came from nothing, but they had that fight to start and it happened so quick. You know, Connor comes in there and he sees the target. It's over. That's, you know what I mean? He, he sees the target and it's over. And I mean, I can imagine that Dustin's plan is maybe get him to the ground and, you know, hold him there, beat him up on the ground, but you also know Dustin also wants to stand and prove himself like always and throw hands.
0: Okay. So you talk about plans though. You talk about plans. I have this like I've just been doing like body language detection all, all week, basically. Like <laughs> I've just I've watched like every Dustin video, every Connor video. Yeah. I'm sitting there like I a forensic scientist. Shit, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm starting to try to think like Connor McGregor thinks. Like, how is what's he thinking about? Like what because he does I'm not saying he's looking past Dustin, because like that's obviously never a good idea. And I think he's like smart enough to know, but I think he understands where Dustin is in the lightweight rankings. And I think he understands like if he goes out there and performs the same way he did against Cowboy, the same way he did against Jose Aldo, like he he knows how to elevate himself at, at like in any time with a fight. Like that's there's no he can t- talk all that he wants. Elevating himself in the fight's the only thing that matters. So, in saying that, I think I have a sneaking suspicion. So, gamblers at home, if you guys want to put a little <laughs> little bet on this, I think that we're gonna see Conor McGregor's first UFC submission win a week from a week from Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So here's why. Because I, can I think see that too. Yeah, because what's he had, what has he had to work on? Why has he had to work so much for the last year, two years? Khabib, you know, like if he had, he needs Khabib to get that Khabib. was his last fight, right?
2: Khabib was his last
0: fight. Be- be- before, before Cerrone, like he knocked out right, Cerrone right, with, okay. his, with yeah, his shoulder, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was fucking hysterical. And I loved, it. yeah, loved every second of that one. <laughs> um, I love Cerrone too.
2: He's I know,
0: one. me too. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so... He's so lovable, but like, I knew exactly how that fight was going to go. But the, uh, I, I loved him up until fight night with Conor McGregor. And then I was like, I don't care about him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I think what he's going to do is he's going to try and soften. Like, obviously, you know, you get in there, everybody's got a plan. So you get punched in the face, but I think his ideal world is he goes in there. He softens Dustin up like he did before. And then instead of finishing him, you know, getting him down, doing the same thing. Cause that's just like, we've seen that movie already. He knows, he knows what the fans mm-hmm. want you've seen that technique where guys are softened up and then you go right into a submission. Right. And it's like, your head is swimming. You don't, you don't do the right stuff. I think he could choke out a, a, a slightly unconscious Dustin Poirier. I wouldn't want to see him rolling around down yeah. there with him. Cause like yeah, we've seen very Dustin dangerous.
2: submitted before. So I right,
0: mean, right. Yeah. And he's got that button. Like we were talking about, you know, you get knocked out a couple of times, you know, that chin weakens and it's like you hit him with a couple of those and it's like, Ooh, a submission highlight would be cool
2: the amount of power that Connor packs is, is ridiculous. And the thing about Connor is he never rushes where Dustin is sometimes guilty of that, where like he gets, he starts and he throws a lot of strikes and this and that, where Connor is very like, he'll come out, do a shit. He'll throw one or he'll throw one or he'll throw throw two. And then it's like,
0: I find it terrifying how calm Connor McGregor is when he gets in there.
2: He's so calm. And that's the thing is I think that's what throws people off too, because they anticipate this, like, Mild shit talking what they've there. seen
0: all week, what they've seen all week. That is what, the, and that's exactly what happened to Dustin the first time, right? He was like, Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go. And then he got in there and Connor was He gets like, very hey, emotional. Dustin
2: gets emotional.
0: <laughs> totally. Hopefully he doesn't so. this time because they've been super cool to each other.
2: Yeah, I know. Because I think a lot of the mon- uh, money goes to a
0: foundation. Charity, yeah. The, the, charity. the fight Foundation, which is Dustin Poirier's charity, which is cool. I mean, they're older now. They're older now, you know, and they already fought once. And Connor like, isn't they're...
2: even old. Connor's like 31.
0: Yeah. I know. I know. he looks great
2: <laughs> <laughs> like when he was 28 like a few years ago, like he's 28 like he's crushing people
0: <laughs> I know but he also like I feel like he, you know I'm of the fan base where it's like I, I was into the Floyd fight but yeah. I'm like I just want to see him fight
2: what do you think about the 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 the, the Paul brothers and all their oh my
0: god oh no god no Jesus Christ no He's he can send some of his posse to take care of them Dylan Danis would beat that guy Jake Paul or whatever
2: yeah. I, I, I think easily but they're all yelling they all want to fight all the fight I
0: mean it's a lot of money but like does he want to he would make himself into a little bit of a joke for that for the build-up to that fight you know and it's like you don't want to be talking shit to a youtuber dude like you're, you're in there with Dustin Poirier he's one of the most dangerous men on the planet like that's the guy that's the Connor I want to see I want to see him test himself against real fighters and not- I think
2: he I think he will be tested but I don't I, I definitely see a finish. You know, I don't think it goes five rounds. I definitely think it's a finish, no doubt.
0: I mean, objectively, you know, looking back at like Diaz, two great war. People say some, you know, some people say it went one way, some. Way, but he dug deep and he he showed championship medal in there. I I was a mess that night. <laughs> it's like I just. <laughs> <But wanted> to-
2: <laughs> he's a completely different fighter from that night too. Totally different fighter from that night.
0: I can't do 5 rounds. I just I need him to be done cuz all the cuz that day that morning, I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to be all jittery. I'm going to be like just get him get him out of there, Connor. Please. Please. I just, I'm like, going to make I'm... sure I
2: shoot you a message and I go, "Fucking Connor!" <laughs> please
0: do. Please do. I need all the emotional support I can get. A picture of the dog. That would work. Yes. Thug. thug is the dog. I I I think like the the first fight,
1: right? I think I'm not the I'm not as big of a Connor fan as as DK is, but it was evident that Connor lived rent free in dust in Dustin's head, from the press from the press conference and from like the first ninety like uh, the first ten seconds of that fight, Dustin gave up control. Like it was you could you Connor always knows what he wants to do. And he lets you know exactly what he's going to do.
2: Hundred percent. You
1: just have to stop him. And and Dustin was not trying to. He was trying to one up him. And I think that's what that was the downfall. So this time, Dustin has a lot to prove. And in my opinion, when he gets in the octagon, is he going to let Connor dictate the pace? Because if that happens, I think it's. I don't think it's going to go
0: past round two. I think it's hard not to let Connor dictate the pace. I think is the problem. I think that he can assert his dominance on a fight. And I think that you've seen that and like everybody's got a plan against him. And the only people that really have been able to beat him are Nate Diaz when the plan didn't go well, because he's like a zombie and you can punch him in the face all night and he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So he had to, you know, so he had to adjust. Um, And Khabib, who's like the most, you know, dominant wrestler the sport has ever seen. And, I'm, I personally, maybe I'm biased. You guys tell me. I personally think if he fought Habib again, he would win. Why? Because he looked like shit in the first one. He was like drinking proper 12 that whole month. I full on believe that.
2: How do you think he does with Justin Gaethje?
0: I think he starches Gaethje. Absolutely starches him. Absolutely starches him.
2: <laughs> with those leg kicks? I don't know. Did
0: you see Gaethje against Habib. It was embarrassing. It was of all the top lightweights that fought Habib. He put I the worst Justin performance Justin uh.
2: Part of. Tre- team trevor whitman that's my team yeah love yeah them. fair <laughs> enough
0: but he's a good dude you know he's obviously a good person yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but those i just like it they were
2: hurting Khabib.
0: yeah yeah it's just once he got down there there was just uh, he needs no a, one can get more. up yeah i just think that as a connor homer Justin was walking around with the interim belt, going, "Oh yeah, Connor wants to fight me now. Connor doesn't call the shots; I call the shots." And it's like, yeah. dude, you're not going to be on a box of fucking weedies anytime soon. Like, <laughs> it's not you don't call the shots, bro. Like, this is not how that works. Like, <laughs> you can't. Like, if you texted Dana White, like about like fighting Conor McGregor, Dana would have to check with Connor.
2: No way. Connor wins this fight. He fights Justin Gaethje
0: for the title, though. Has to be for the title. No, it's Has definitely for the-, for the
2: title. Whoever wins this fight will fight Justin Gaethje for the title because what. Because Khabib retired.
0: But here's the weird thing, though. What about that? What about that Coman that night? Because they're trying to elevate that Michael Chandler guy up, the dude that just came over from Bellator.
2: I don't think they give him the title chart right away. I think he wins one, they give him another top five, and then he. You think he's going to beat Hooker. Hooker's good. No, I honestly, Hooker's one of my favorites. So I, I, I have Hooker for that fight. I, I like Michael Chandler too, and you know they're throwing him to the wolves right away, and I'm not surprised. The thing is, I definitely think it's a winnable fight for Michael Chandler, but I fucking like Hooker.
0: I haven't really seen him fight a lot. Is he? Is he like who? Who in the
2: fucking you have to watch his fights. Go home tonight. His last fight was against um not that long ago. Who fucking was it?
0: It was a Bellator guy, though, right? Because he hasn't fought in the OC yet.
2: No, not Michael Chandler. Um, Dan Hooker.
0: Oh, Dan Hooker. Yeah. Well, he lost. He lost to um. He lost to Poirier.
2: Was that his last fight?
0: Yeah, that was his last fight. But it was a great fight, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's an awesome fight.
2: Yeah, but no, Michael Chandler hasn't fought in the UFC. He was going to fight for the title if something happened with Khabib and Justin, right? He was in like Abu Dhabi or what? He'll be.
0: He's like he'll go in and as a replacement, which is I guess fine.
2: Which is crazy because I feel like that would annoy some other people.
0: Yeah, that's true. I just think that, and and because like Tony, Tony still deserves it, even though he hasn't put in a couple good performances.
2: Yeah, I think he has a while till he gets that again. And then um
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean Gaethje, I think you're right. I think Gaethje's still there there about. But I, I really one like
2: Oliveira loss. and I really think he's great.
0: He looked super fucking dangerous he's against great. Tony. All
2: his fights are really good and I could see him I think he can be for problem <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: We line him up. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't <laughs> matter who's in there. They're all gonna get it. They, anyone any one of these mouthy fools can get it.
2: Connor thinks the same thing. Bring him in. <laughs> Line him
0: up. Line him up. Let's go. I know that you're
1: super impartial, uh, DK. But like, I guess one of the things that, that's come out over the last couple of days is Dana White's been talking to Khabib and saying that if Connor wins, can
0: he come back and fight uh, Connor for the title? That's all fucking smoke and mirrors. That's all foot. Like they did released a video today of fucking Dana taking Khabib into a room and he's like just closing the door. What a load of shit. They've been talking for weeks.
2: I think that if that happens, it's either going to be GSP, it could be, or it could be even Connor.
0: It has to be Connor, right? It has to be Connor. GSP, I I, I would love to see that. I really would love could to see, see it.
2: happen. Ha- like, I mean, I don't know that's going to happen, but it's what people talk about. And like, everyone's like, oh, retired, retired, the best of the best.
0: But 30, 30 is such a nicer number, though, isn't it, young young Habib, than 29? Come on back in. Get that 30 against Connor. You'll definitely get it. He
2: told his dad he would get 30, you know, but his mom's the one who doesn't want him to fight again. But moms are easily convincible.
0: Yeah, sure. And who wants to hear your fucking life story? Just go in there and do your samba. Who gives a fuck? It's like, I don't care what your mom says. So just go do your thing. It's great
2: you're the best in the world at.
0: To be fair, though, if he stays retired and Conor goes and beats everybody else, in his mind, he could delegitimize Conor because he's like, well, you know, you never beat me. You know, I retired because my mommy said it was I had to, though.
2: I mean, and they'll pay him crazy amounts of money. The UFC will just throw money at. He says he doesn't
0: care about money, but I don't actually believe that anyone doesn't care about money. Like at least a little.
2: Because he was saying before, I want to invite Conor McGregor for da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a full... You got a great Rocky Four right there. Like, you did a full <laughs> on Ivan Drago. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Hillary, I assume that you think Conor's going to win, right?
2: The thing is, I think... Yes, I think Conor is going to win.
0: Yeah, get off the fence, Hillary. Come on over with us. <laughs> I think We're that great will fun. Definitely
2: win. I think he has the power and... Um, you know, the patience to wait for the right timing. um But I do, I do think that Dustin is going to bring a fight. So I don't think, I think it goes maybe like three rounds, three rounds.
0: Dustin will perform better than last time though. I agree with that. I agree with that.
2: Totally different fighter, six years, like you said. And he's working with Mike Brown, who's fucking like coach of the year for years and like crazy good team. So.
1: So what does this do? Due to the landscape of this division, right? Let's say if the if the shocking event happens and Dustin wins, like where wh- where does this division go from here? Because if Connor wins, I mean, I think he's the most marketable UFC star in history and for the foreseeable future. But if Dustin wins, then what? Like what 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 happens to Connor? What happens to the next title fight?
2: I think that it'll probably be Oliveira who will fight Dustin if they win. If Dustin wins,
0: which is I think I think he'll probably fight Oliveira either way.
2: Me too. I do too, but I think Oliveira is the next person who's kind of up there because Dustin already beat Justin, so that fight's not going to happen right away. And I think that it's probably Oliveira, um, or Michael Chandler. You know, uh, it's possible that it's Michael Chandler, or I guess um, Dan Hooker. Oh, uh, but they already fought. But I mean, I guess it's it's. But you run
0: that back because it was a good fight. And I was I was looking at the um, as the Wednesday card is Magni versus Chiesa, and you're looking at those guys, and they're good. Like they're good fighters and they're like eight and nine or seven and eight in the rankings at at lightweight. But it's like, what the outcome of that fight means basically nothing to the lightweight landscape because there's so many killers in the top five, you know, and they're, and they're bringing
2: all the divisions right now in like the top five. It's so crazy. Every division, it's who's going to fight who next.
0: Yeah. The talent pool is nuts. I mean, welterweight has, hasn't moved in a while and any fight they make there is, is sick. Yep. featherweight hasn't moved in a while uh and we'll see you know max and uh oh yeah let's talk about your boy your boston boy i've i've only seen him fight a couple times but like what, what uh, do you he's think
2: awesome him? i think that he has a really really good chance of beating max Holloway. i think that he has better boxing and i think that he wrestles i mean i don't work with him you know personally but i mean i know him and i know a few people who train with him and um
0: I think that he could beat him. I think that his boxing is crisp. It he really has is. great
2: boxing. He knows his the, accuracy inside. Is off the charts and he throws elbows on the inside, which a lot of people don't do. And he's tough and he's big. And even though I saw that Max was taller than him, Max also has like a really giant head and like, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I think Max could win by like output, you know, like he puts a lot of output, you know, he's always punching and kicking and moving and going and a lot of output. But I think that, the output will leave him open, and I think Calvin will take advantage. And I think that if Max Calvin is wins, hittable, he's hittable. And you've seen him get hit by someone who's shorter.
0: I didn't know it was because he had a giant head, and then like I'm similarly afflicted with a giant head. So, like, my heart does go out to Max, but uh, I didn't know that was the reason. But that does make a lot of sense now that you said
2: it. It <laughs> does. Like, you look at him, it's and they. I think I've said this, I haven't said this, I've heard this in like maybe on a Joe Rogan podcast or something that like people that are Hawaiian are born differently and they have like bigger heads and that could be a myth like but but i, I, I must can, ha,
0: i must have some hawaiian in me then because my head is like four times the size it should be I think so. that, like
2: the hawaiian heads like you see some of the fighters and their heads are like a little bigger
0: it's
1: i mean that that's a that's a huge uh myth in, in wrestling to some uh samoans like like the yeah, rock
2: right always exactly. have
1: tough heads to crack so i would i would never want to probably punch one of those people in the head it probably hurts yeah definitely hurts yeah uh, I don't want to interrupt your 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 Max Holiday fight, but I I do want to talk. Just one one question for me, because I I want I want to root for Dustin because DK. Of course
0: you do, you right, fucking right. asshole! <laughs> right. Oh my god, you're so, a bad friend.
1: So 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 Hillary, I, I I want I want to put you on the spot here, right? <laughs> I want you to sell me on what Dustin has done since the last meeting with Connor, as to why he could win this fight.
2: All right, so there's pros and cons of this because they both have done, they both have gotten the belts. They both see how hard
0: out. for the her for this is for her <laughs> to do, Mike, because she knows that there's only one real champ, champ in the whole world. Anyway, I'll let her go. Sorry. Yeah.
2: The thing is, see, I wish I had like the lineup of all of his, Dustin Poirier's most recent fights. I should have pulled it up, but um, the thing is, I think that Dustin Poirier's boxing has improved drastically since all of his other fights and i mean i feel like we see him on the ground but we don't see him on the ground that often but i mean connor also has had fights where he's exposed a lot of things and i think that if austin poirier can you know expose those things you know and take advantage of that then i mean a fight's a fight and like anything can happen i think every, you know we always say we think this person's gonna win we think this person's gonna win but it's i think that one his boxing has definitely improved i mean he had decent boxing anyway but and I don't think he has to really stress about his wrestling because his wrestling is gonna be better than Connor's, even though Connor, I'm sure his improvement Maybe is-
0: not. Maybe not. <laughs> He's been working on it. Well
2: you're right. You're no doubt though. Like he has he had good sprawls in one of his fights, Connor. So he was defending really well. So I think that if Dustin can put him on the cage and hold him and maybe get him down, you know, he could maybe not finish him on the ground, who could beat him up a good bit on the ground. And then I think for Dustin Coyne it goes five rounds. I think for Connor to win, it's probably fewer.
1: Now, DK, because you know I'm magnanimous and generous, and I believe in e- in, in equality. Tell me
0: why, and tell us why Connor's going to win. Because he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> this is like simple as that. No, I mean, look, if you're Dustin Poirier and like, again, I'm not, I would defer to the expert in our, in our esteemed guest, Hillary Rose about this, but I can guess with just using common sense. If a dude has separated you from your consciousness before in such a public and an embarrassing way.
2: There's definitely already a mind, a mind fucking.
0: And then there's yeah. no way to avoid the clip of you getting popped behind the ear by this guy. Uh, who was literally in the fight calling you a pussy as they were fighting. He's like, let's go, pussy. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I've watched it about 30 times this week.
2: See, this is why people like the girl that I fought because they say the same chick. Let the fuck up, do this. It's all likable. See, people love yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, it is
0: likable. It totally it's, is like it's when she said that to you, I didn't like it. Of course but depends we on know the context. On
2: a personal level.
0: Yeah, it's 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 context related <laughs> for me. I'm a total homer, but um, he's, he's going to see the clip all week of him getting fucking clipped behind the ear and and going unconscious. Now, if he wants to use that as motivation, great. You know, like that's awesome. But I don't know, man, if someone's already knocked you out in that, in that space of time, you can improve all you want, but it's not like Connor. Everyone's been talking about how much Dustin's improved. And I don't think that that's not true. I think he has improved a lot, but so is Connor. You know, I like, he's gotten a lot better as, as time went on. and, He's also been spending most of his time training for that big fucking Russian bear. So like, whatever, you know. Like, I feel like if you're training to fight Khabib, and he genuinely believes he can fight Khabib, you better be able to beat up fucking Dustin Poirier. You know what I mean? Like, you, be, <laughs> you better be able to. So we'll see. I think he can. I I don't. I think he's right. And when he says shit like that, when he starts going like sixty seconds, I'm like, I believe you, sir. Like, I can't help it. <laughs> so it's like he
2: plays with the mind, fuck.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so I like it. It took. It snuck up on me this one because usually for like six weeks I'm like Connor, Connor, Connor. But like, on maybe because of COVID and all the mad shit that's going on in the world, like on this one past couple of weeks I've been. It's it. It was only like the other day that I was like, it's happening, it's happening. Anyway, what was your question, Mike? <laughs> what was your question? Why is he going to win? Because of course he's going to fucking win. Because he's Connor McGregor. That's why. <laughs>
1: Just one question, and you're not gonna like the question. I'm not doing it to be an asshole. Just remember that. What happens to Connor if he loses? Like, where does he go from here in UFC if he loses?
0: Basically, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter when he loses. His brand He's doesn't matter. Another move. year off
2: and then comes back.
0: Yeah. Like, he finds a way to rationalize it. He goes and boxes Manny Pacquiao. He goes and, I don't know, I I don't know what he does with his spare time, like washes himself with $100 bills. I don't know. Nothing. (laughs) Everything will be fine for him. (laughs) It doesn't matter at all, which is what's so impressive about him. Like, how do you get motivated if you're Conor McGregor? You know what I mean? You wake up. He has so much money. (laughs) I know,
2: but that's why he's motivated. He can make more. He knows how to do
0: it. half a a billion in that that whiskey, you know? And, you know, I I love Conor McGregor, if you haven't been able to tell, but- I've loved whiskey for longer and that proper 12 tastes like fucking piss, but I'm still going to fucking buy a bottle of it and drink it on the day in honor of the man himself. All right. Fair. So, you know, as long as I'm a consumer, that's all you care about. I've it's never not tried fair, it,
2: though. but even <laughs> if it sucks, look at that. You'll still go out and buy it. And that's yeah. what he knows. He goes, this is it, but they'll still buy it.
0: That's right. I'm going to fucking <laughs> drink it and I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to drink it.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, so Hillary, uh, DK and I have been talking a little bit about this. He is the, like I said, the, the bigger, the bigger Conor guy. Obviously, you can tell by the recent change in his accent. But for, <laughs> for 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 me, isn't there? There is there is a little bit of like a new attitude or a new rhetoric coming out of Dustin's camp. Doesn't it feel like he is more confident or he is a different fighter than he was six years ago? Because for me, it's like, well, this isn't the same the same guy that was that was tricked by Conor six years ago. He's not going to fall for that. Way
2: shit. less emotional. I think he knows he's had so many fights since that Connor fight and had so many ups and downs between that time. Also like that, he, kn- this is just a fight for him. I think he knows that it's a good payday. It's a good, whatever, but he's not emotional. And I think that when he's not emotional, he fights better. Just like anybody, when you fight with emotion, you know, that's when you're falling into traps and then, you know, you see that. Those other people are going to take advantage of those openings. So I think he's way less emotional. And if he is emotional, he's very much hiding it well so that it's not feeding into Con- if Connor. I'm sure is like, Yeah, you seem calm. This is cool. I'm so going to fuck you up. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I like he is very calm about it. And I, and I do actually like his game plan because it kind of comes down to that, right? It's like, do you think he beat him the first time because he got in his head, which is the kind of pretty common narrative? Or do you yeah. think it's because he was the better fighter? And I think that's the interesting narrative. You know, you were talking earlier about establishing a narrative, going into a fighter as a fighter. That's the interesting narrative here for all of us. Yeah. What What's the difference? Now, and I think what Connor's trying to do, at least with the buildup for now, I don't know how press conferences are going to go or whatever. He's trying to go like, let's take that out of it. And I'm going to go and beat him fair and square, which I yeah. think for brand for legacy i think that's what he has to do you know like if he if he psychs him out twice yeah everybody clowns on dustin but he doesn't get as much credit you know so i think go fight him fair and square he wants the best version of dustin i think as a competitor
2: i think so too yeah,
0: yeah. and i think that i respect that you know but i also obviously love when he does anything
2: and so. i also think Connor <laughs> knows this is a winnable fight for him because he's won before so i mean yeah. regardless of like what preparation Dustin has when you've won a fight against someone, you know, you're you're confident going into
0: it anyway. So I think he knew he was going to lose against Khabib the first time or, or Habib the first time. I think that he says a lot about, oh, I wasn't really preparing. I wasn't this. That's all kind of, I think, smoke and mirrors. I think he did train. He might have not trained as, as well as he liked or whatever. But I think he was like, I don't have the skill set to beat this dude. And he only found the motivation to fight him after he lost the first time. Because you remember, that's the first fight after the Floyd Mayweather fight. Right. So how, like, that's the, f- he's freshly counting $100 million at that point, right. you know? Yeah. And, and it's that stuff's going through his head. I also think he knew he was going to lose against Mayweather. I think, I, I could see it in his face. Like, he was like, I, I don't know. I just have to go in there and kind of perform and yeah. and not, not get completely embarrassed. And I've won, you know, essentially, because <laughs> this isn't my sport. Yeah, I mean, he
2: had okay moments during it, you know, he sure. hit him a few times, so... He sure I mean, he did. did. And okay?
0: also it's a win-win for him because he can always just like, he can fall back to the schoolyard. He's like, if we actually fought though, I'd fucking kill you just so you know. <laughs> so it's a win-win. He's like, I would just take your arm home with you, with me as a trophy. So don't even worry about it, about the like boxing with big it's pillows on it. money front, right? for him.
2: And it means just like, it's just another opportunity for him to then box again against somebody else and make money. Right,
0: like Manny right. or whatever. Cause they're represented by the same agency. So I think that's inevitable. That's an inevitable fight that's going to happen.
2: He's smart. He knows what to do.
0: He's, He's so to- smart. And he's handsome. <laughs> we get it. We get it. it, 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 it,
1: it it's probably, uh, now I don't know if maybe if, if he did this, if he did this, then, then it's the smartest thing ever. But if he was uh, leading up to the Habib fight, right, if he knew that he was going to lose, how smart is that to go in there and just see what Habib can do? Because now he's got it down for the next fight. If there is a next fight, he knows exactly what he's going to do. It's like, it's like doing, uh, it's like doing the recon, right? Like you, I just want to learn my enemy. Mm-hmm. I think if there is a second fight, now I'm not I'm, I'm not the biggest Conor McGregor, McGregor fan. Obviously, that's that's DK. I think Conor wins decisively, and I, because of what happened last time, he does not make the same mistake twice. Typically, in a in a fight or against the same opponent. So, if there is Conor
0: Habib two, because I think that's what's going to happen after this. I think Habib is going to unretire. Well, I think, I think he was surprised, though. I, even if he did do that. Now, that's some pretty 3D chess, so I'm not saying he did do that. But I think he was pretty surprised that Habib was able to say no to the rematch. Because usually when Connor says, I want a fucking rematch, he gets it right away. And as much as he definitely got his ass kicked by Habib the first time, he still did better than most everybody else.
2: I don't know. I'll fight that ally of Quinta. I mean, when five rounds. Of- that
0: was weird, though. Like, what the fuck?
2: I mean, I can't even... Like, I watched that fight, and I go, Ally Aquinas did a good job in this fight. He got up, he kept fighting. I mean, and that's exhausting to try to get Khabib off of you. Most people don't get up. They give up their back, yeah. they this and that. And that was he-
0: weird, though, because then Cowboy went and just – you can't really do this math, I know. Like, it's all yeah. matchups, but Ally Aquinas is not, like, at that level. It was, like, ludicrous that they were even but yeah, fighting. But he had good wrestling.
2: He knew how to get up and move. And on six days notice against Khabib, and he didn't get finished, where you see – all
0: of them get, everybody I concede, I concede that he had definitely had yeah. the most impressive performance against no as far as relevant people go, <laughs> Connor Connor <laughs> had the most impressive performance now against you had
2: any rematches like I can't think off the top of my head. No, right?
0: Team I team- don't respect his uh resume, to be hundred percent honest with you. I think the lately He's beaten really good guys, but I think it was fucking tin pots before that. Listen, obviously, I'm anti. <laughs> right. <laughs> obviously. But he's a very impressive wrestler. Like, I get it.
2: Yeah, he knows how to lock you down. And there's like a leg cross. He knows exactly what to do and to hold
0: you there. And, and he's always trying to improve position always trying to improve position, always trying to move. Like People that say he's boring, I don't think that that's a fair assessment because I think oh. he is always trying to do stuff. He's always yeah, trying yeah, to isolate yeah. limbs. And he's, he's he always...
2: goes, I'm going to kill you. This is yeah. my boat. Like yeah. he. Talks I didn't when like, like
0: when he was doing that to Connor, though. I was like, stop talking to him.
2: <laughs> this is embarrassing. Because that's what Connor usually does to everybody else. I know. <laughs> it was like watching was your karma. son you meet up in the park.
0: Kind of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are there any? I guess for me, we've kind of talked about this entire this entire fight, right? You, we both you you both think Connor is going to win. I do too, right? I, I kind of hope just for content purposes uh, that <laughs> that Dustin wins because
0: DK will be unbearable. What in- content? Per- what content purposes? I won't be able. I'll be inconsolable. I will not come back <laughs> on the podcast for weeks. I think, but I think we
1: all think Connor's is going to win. So for for now. Uh, Hillary, I just want to, you know, obviously say thank you so much for, for joining and talking MMA with us, UFC. Uh, for those of you that that did not listen to the first episode, please go back and listen to it. You can find that in the show notes. But where can we find uh, where can we find you, Hillary? Where can we uh, learn about you and what's coming up uh, next for you in, in terms of fighting?
2: Okay, so you can find me on Facebook or um, Instagram at Hillary Rose MMA. Um, and on Twitter, I don't use Twitter as much, but it's probably Hillary Rose MMA also. Um, so between when I last fought and now, um, I actually got a manager. So I have a manager now. So he, uh, my coaches were who were managing me before. So now I have a guy, um, so I'm under sucker punch entertainment, which has lots of, um, female UFC fighters. So like Wei Lee Li and Rose Nami Yunus and Angela Hill. So, um, you know, I share the same manager as them. So I hope, you know him and I are building a relationship and we had hoped to fight in March, but, um, the girl who I was supposed to fight is injured as of now. So we're hoping, you know, within the next, we're hoping for March. So, I mean, but at this point, we're just kind of trying to stay ready for any moment. So that's kind of what he's told me is I need to be prepared to kind of make weight on a week notice and, you know, kind of always be working and grinding because with COVID, you know, next week someone could get COVID and they need someone to fight. So it's kind of just always being prepared and on my toes and, constantly working so yeah so hopefully we'll fight soon
0: we'll, what next fight once it's booked, come back on we'll preview that yes definitely like we did last time we'll just yes. we just you're our first you're our first friend of the show we have to just yeah. keep coming back you know we're on the hillary to. we're in the hillary roads business
2: with you guys it's good <laughs> to talk to you know people like to talk about fights too and you know yes it's fun same. i think a lot of people you know fighting even though it's becoming bigger it's still such like a a small sport i think that you know, it's only now kind of broadcasting its way. Yeah, like, for example, um Calvin and Max fighting on NBC this weekend. It's like huge thing. Never happened. Um, so that's a really big deal, especially with sports not being as, you know, big right now. Um, I mean, know, it, going like, on, it, it being on
0: ESPN at all uh, is mainstreaming it so much. No, no. You know, I feel like a lot of the branding, which I think was smart at the time for the UFC, yeah. especially when they were Definitely. branding on like Spike TV, then they went to Fox. It was more that like, They were looking for like that monster truck, uh, you know, WWE, like all they got, they went and got all those fans and now they're ready. They're up. They need to break marketing wise into the mainstream and ESPN is the way to do that. You know,
2: I a hundred percent agree. And you know, with the Connor and Dustin fight, or I think maybe all the fights, there's going to be fans. So first MMA fights with fans, even though, you know, it's Abu Dhabi, it's just another step in the right direction to, you know, hopefully have, you know, maybe not big events, but events, you know, soon in, you know, the U.S., more than it, you know, just the apex center, which is fun. And that's cool. It's, yeah, cool, it's cool to be there, but.
0: That small opt- octagon makes knockouts happen real, real frequently. Especially too, with so the big like, dudes. Yeah. With the big guys, crazy. I mean, you're
2: forced. I mean, yeah. the knockouts they're taking
0: up the whole, they're taking up the whole cage. Like, yeah, they're like way, t- way
2: taller than it.
0: Yeah. It's wild <laughs> to see. Um, you know, I, I am very grateful to Dana White though, because they were the first sport back after everything shut down and like that for me that return to normalcy of just just sitting down on a saturday to watch a ufc card and he did it he pulled it off he pulled it off safely um and he like kind of wrote the blueprint for like a lot of sports to come back yeah it's two guys as opposed to like 11 versus 11 but you got to give him the credit for that it was a big deal no so.
2: doubt and i think a lot of people shit on him for it and were, you know kind of like uh oh, it's not safe with the pandemic da-da-da-da-da. and i think that you know he per- prove a lot of people wrong and
0: that's why we have fight island now you know it's, it's exactly
2: like, and it's incredible to think that some a pandemic brought this ginormous really cool thing that's going to be forever for ufc because yeah. of a pandemic you know there are always going to be fights there you know a few times a year so i think that that's yeah. really cool i hope one day i can fight there
0: yeah <laughs> hillary rose on fight island
2: yeah i would love <laughs> i mean I wouldn't love the plane ride, but, you know, they put you in first class, so I'll take it. I heard
0: those hotel rooms are pretty dope, too. Yeah,
2: so. you see all the, like, the fighters in there, and they're, it looks awesome, so.
0: Do the, do the Conor McGregor, man, visualize it into existence. That's right.
2: Yeah. You just got to keep putting it out into the world. That's all you got to like do. Like, when he,
0: when he threw those two belts on, he was like, this is what I dreamed into reality. Yeah, ah. belt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Conor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. There's really nowhere
1: else to go from, from, from here. So the, Hillary, thank you so much for, for joining us. Of uh, course. I had so much fun. We, we, we love you. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're great. I mean, for what it's worth, you mentioned back in the show, uh, at the beginning of the show that, uh, that the opponent that you face is, a, was a better talker. I disagree. I've heard her interviews. You are a far, you're far better on the mic than she is.
2: Thank you. So, I appreciate it. I think that too. I think that I can talk on the mic uh, and like talk with people pretty well. I think that, yeah, she's a little more serious.
0: And you know, Mike's, Mike's a tough judge of that because he's a huge WWE fan and that's like half the job right. of a I'll professional wrestler. Then. So if he's given you that, I think you should run with that for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: good. I feel like a few others have told me, so I'll take the compliment. I'll, I'll absorb it in.
0: Well, I, I mean it, but I'll, I'll, honestly,
1: thank you so much for, for joining. So for DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, the one and the only Hillary Rose, I am Michael Marcangelo signing off on this episode of Missing the Point.
0: So, get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where, through powerful
2: storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic.
1: Electricast. Electricast. Electric Electric
3: Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul.